Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night, and then for a discount price, you can get off your couch, put down that clicker, and experience the magic that is live performance? Well, there is a place, goldstar.com. You just go to that website, you type in your city, and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices. Theater, dance, comedy, film, food, concerts, sports. No more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with GoldStar.com. GoldStar is in 26 cities around the country, with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to GoldStar.com. Get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind. Expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of end friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be A-OK. everyone. New episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday, and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Recently at BroadwayCon, there was a reunion of the original cast of Your Good Man, Charlie Brown, and our director, Michael Mayer. And it really was one of the most incredible nights uh, for all of us. So many people showed up filling this huge theater to see us, which was just the most overwhelming, incredible feeling. And for all of us to be together again and share stories and memories of what really was one of the most meaningful jobs any of us have had. As you know, if you listen to this podcast, everyone from Charlie Brown has been on it. We have really remained friends and family. And to be all together and have it recorded and now to get to share it with you is fantastic because not everyone could come to New York last weekend. So... This is my Valentine's Day present to Anthony Rapp, Stanley Wayne Mathis, Roger Bart, B.D. Wong, and Kristen Chenoweth, and Michael Mayer, and Jerry Mitchell, and Andrew Leppa, and Clark Gessner, and Charles Schultz, and Kimberly Grigsby, and Michael Gibson, and everyone involved in every aspect of this production that have remained friends and family and beloveds of mine. And let's not wait another 20 years to do something like this. So, little known fact, here are my beloved cast members, your good man, Charlie Brown, all together reuniting for our 20-year anniversary at BroadwayCon 2019. Enjoy. A-OK. Con fans, if you please take a seat, we're going to get started, and now to introduce People Magazine's Dave Quinn. Hello, what is going on, Broadway Con? Are you guys having a great con so far? You've been having fun? 
I am so excited to be here. My name is Dave Quinn. I'm from People Magazine. And my goodness, 1999. Were, were any of you even alive in 1999? You were, all right. Probably don't remember it as much as I do. Britney Spears' debut album had just come out. Uh, what else? So we had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire blowing up on TV. And a musical that people really, really loved came back to Broadway for its first revival, and I'm talking about You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. It had a superstar cast, and you guys, they're here tonight. I'm so excited to bring them out, so let's take them one by one. First, we had, as Snoopy, Mr. Roger Bart. You knew him as Linus. It's B.D. Wong, everyone. The director of this crazy crew, Mr. Michael Mayer. Now up here, you've known him, you've seen him, Mr. Anthony Rapp playing Charlie Brown, who's just here. And as Lucy, we had Alana Levine. And then our last guest, she did pretty well for herself. Her name is Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. When is the last time you guys were all together? 20 years ago, yeah. 20 years, ago. 20 yeah. years? it's been 20 years since, since you've seen each other. We've all been together, yeah, I mean, yeah. we've. Yeah, we've yeah. had interactions Stanley and stuff. Stanley was with us then, too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is this off? Yeah, is it on? No. It's not on. Is this yeah, on? Yeah, it's on. Ah. Mm. Yeah, Stanley was with us that night. All right, yeah. So yeah. 20 years ago, that was it. And have you kept in touch with each other? Yeah. Yes. yes. Pretty much. Group yeah. text chains or? Yes. yes. Yes, we are all, this is for real. We are madly in love with each other. True. And that was one of the most special shows, I think we can all say that. Absolutely. And no matter what we have gone on to do, this is our heart. The show is our heart, for sure. These are, this is my sister and brothers. Yeah. Aw. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think that's true. Can you tell me about getting cast in the show, what that process was like? I don't know this answer to these questions. I'm really curious. I could answer that, yeah, probably. Yes. Um, everyone here, I would say everyone auditioned, which is a rare thing now. Yeah, everyone. Because you're, you're always offering, especially for a revival. You guys know you can't really do a revival of a play or a musical without like a big, big star in it anymore, and like a movie or TV thing. Um, but uh, I think you auditioned, you sent your tape. Because I was in London, London doing Rent. You at were the doing time. Rent yeah. in London. This was your next show after Rent, right? Yeah, so we got him when he was hot. <laughs> I mean, he's still pretty hot. <laughs> and he's hot again. Um, uh, but, but that was um, everyone else auditioned for their roles except for Kristen. No, I auditioned. But you didn't audition for this role because I made this role up for you. He told me that there, I would be auditioning for a role that he couldn't tell me what it was yet. It was, well, in the original it was called Patty, right? Yeah. And it was yes. kind of a generic girl. It was like Violet and... Not even Peppermint Patty. Anybody it wasn't that who interesting. wasn't Lucy. It was, like, like, it was all of. the girls who weren't Lucy except for Peppermint Patty. Um, and when Kristen came in, it was after when she came in, um, I had this idea of, um, wow, she could be Sally Brown, Charlie's, uh, Charlie Brown's sister, which is a great, you know, great character. Um, and so I, with, with a lot of machinations with... Um, with Charles Schultz, uh, we arranged for that to happen. What, and, did, you, what did everyone yeah. sing and for that? Everyone audition? else. Okay, what did you? Yeah, I think everyone sang from the show, right? I brought a giant blanket yes. and a duffel bag. <laughs> That's right. You did. It was amazing. I sang I Want It All, Veruca's song from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory the wow. first time I went in because. I had never auditioned for a musical before, and it was the only song I knew by heart. And it was right for Veruca, Veruca and perfect, Lucy are yes. the same person, actually. <laughs> they are. Um, but then I had to come back and sing a song from the show, and I was like, I'm not going back. And then someone was like, go back. And I did. Thank you. I'm really glad. <laughs> Roger, do you remember what did you Roger, sang? what did you sing? I don't, I don't remember. Veruca. I know I brought in a stick from outside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kristen sang Taylor the Latte Boy. I did. <laughs> Is that true? Did How you? did you remember? I think that? I heard it through the door. Oh my, oh my god. god! Wow. That's so. Rude. In all these little overalls, in cute little overalls. Yeah. So what did you sing initially? Do you remember? I sang, um, "No, no, they can't take that away from me." Aww. That's oh. right. 
perfect. Blanket. With a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> I think I sang the kite. I mean, I, yeah, yeah I sang the kite, sang on, the, the kite. on the video, yeah. yeah. Were you and all I, familiar with the show? Because it's, it's such a staple in I had done the show theater. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. What part? Were the you small, the same part? And I was Linus in, the high, in that. <gasps> oh. and, yeah. It was made oh, to be. That's why you were off yes. book so that's quickly. That's why I was off book. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. The rest of us struggled. <laughs> I was Schroeder in college. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember sitting next to my, my mom's uh, record player with the original record and looking at the pictures, like the, you know, the Day Glow set stuff, and yeah, loving listening to it. Especially Peter Rapp. I listened to the book report over and over and over and over again. Oh, I love that song so much. And I used to sing the kite sometimes. Like, there was a really wonderful organization in the, in the 80s and 90s uh, here in New York called Hearts and Voices that would go into, they would go into AIDS wards and um, performers would sing for patients, long-term patients there. And uh, that was one, I was, there was a really good friend of mine who was a music director and that was a song that I sang with him sometimes wow. at, at Hearts and Voices. So it, was, it had had a place in my heart for sure. So, BD, it was easy for you to find your character because you had played him before. But tell me, everyone else, about finding these characters. What was it? Was there a moment that kind of, oh, I get it now? Or were there certain things that you knew right from the get go? Uh, um, yeah, sure. Go. <laughs> I would say that, and, and, I'm, and I'm not being um, humble, but I really. I wasn't someone who had done a musical before, and I think I got this part because there was a real connection between me and Lucy, in that um, I didn't ever really see Lucy as a bossy person. I saw Lucy as someone who just wanted to help. And... <laughs> That's good. And if everyone would listen to Lucy, I swear, politically, emotionally, socially, the entire world would just be better. Does and the cast agree? We all agree. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and I remember there would be a lot of moms at the stage door who would kind of like push their daughters, you know, up to me and go, oh, she's a Lucy. And I'd be like, I would just say to every one of those little girls, I think what your mom or dad means is you're someone who's not afraid to share what you think about something. And I would really try to turn it around into a very empowering thing. Yes. Well done. Yeah, Lucy for president. Yes. But the thing that happened when Michael chose to make Sally... Uh, Kristen, Sally's, now there were two sets of siblings in this show, right. yeah. which was a brand new thing and kind of an amazing concept in terms of how these different siblings and families operated. And I thought that that was like an incredible thing that we didn't even think about at the time right. so much. But when people talk to me about it, it's sort of a wonderful, it's just, I mean, it's already about family in the most uh, pure, beautiful way. But that even made it kind of more in some way. Yeah. Anyway, this cast, I will just say very quickly, I think we all would be every night backstage watching each other's scenes all the time. Like, there was no one was in their dressing room. We did the show for a long time. We would do it for each other. We would try to make each other laugh. Uh, and then when Michael was in the audience, his laugh was so original <laughs> that you'd be like, okay, Michael's out there, man. Bring your A game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just went to watch the show again at the library just to prepare for this because oh, I wanted to see it again. It's there. You guys can all go see it. And I was, it was filled with so much joy. And you guys are having the time of your lives doing the show. It seemed like it was fun nonstop. I just want to say the best part about playing Sally was the A-line dresses and being able to eat whatever I wanted to eat. <laughs> I think that Thank was, you, Michael. That Krause. was the last time that happened. Yeah. That, that was, that the was last it. Time. No more minimizer no. bras for me. <laughs> <laughs> you all did look very comfortable. I will say that. And speaking of having fun, Roger Bart as Snoopy. Um, so in, in Supper Time, you know, the end of Act Two, it's one of the, the big penultimate number, really, um, which he destroyed every night in the most amazing way. But my job was to come on stage and be a buzzkill. I had to like scream and yell at him yeah. to stop, and he would do whatever he could to make me laugh, but it was, but it was perfectly appropriate because that's exactly what Snoopy would do. And I mostly held it together, but there were times when I couldn't because he was ridiculously hilarious. How did you find Snoopy? Because, I mean, it's not easy to play a dog, obviously. You know, um, the, the major connection was that I love food. <laughs> That'll do it. 
the second thing that was the hardest thing for me is probably a lot of you who grew up with the cartoons can imagine is that I always, as a lover of Harpo Marx and Buster Keaton, had a very difficult time when I got the script and said, wait a minute, he talks? Yeah. Uh, so I actually asked Michael, I pulled him aside very early on and say, I have an idea, what if you cut everything I say? And literally just, I'll sing, but I'll, the rest of it I'll just like do takes. And he was like, no. <laughs> and so suggestion. it really was, and the thing that was connected to me to the part was, um, it can be summed up in a couple of lines of his in a song that, like myself, I think that I am a mixture of grateful for the roof over my head and inclined to sometimes bite people. It's nice. <laughs> you know, you're a good man. Charlie Brown ran on Broadway for 149 performances and 14 previews at the Ambassador Theater. Tell me... Any flubs throughout those 149 performances? Any mistakes that you made? No, no. never. It's crazy. Perfect. Not a one. It's letter perfect every yeah. night. <laughs> I think we were probably the only show that ever did three shows in one day. Yeah, there was wow. not Radio City. There was not the Rockettes. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, so 11 a.m.s. Yeah, we did. Yeah, the, there were all sorts of things that our producers, um, you know, it was when we came to New York. It was. Uh, there was a way we, we, were, we were trying to say, you know, we're not just a kid's show. It is certainly wonderful for children, sure. but it's also really so, even more sophisticated than that, too. But it was just, it was hard to find an audience at that time. Um, and so one of the things they tried was really early matinees. Uh, so we did, uh, yeah, 11, 11 a.m. Like it was 11. brutal. But you guys had, didn't you have like three days off or yeah, something? Yeah, we worked yeah. one day a week. <laughs> no, we had two days off. No, you had three. This wasn't a flub on Monday, stage, Tuesday, but... You had, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Yeah. Two on Thursday, Thursday, one on Friday. Right. Three on Saturday, Saturday, two on Sunday. We were no, traveling. Yeah. It was crazy. We were out of the country. <laughs> We'd come back on Wednesday morning. Can I just say one thing, though, about BD and Roger and all of the people around me? When you ask, like, how did he come up with Snoopy, we did many cities before we came to That's Broadway. Right, toured, yeah. In every single, from Detroit to Skokie to Wilmington, uh, Roger Bart was in the parking lot of every single hotel or theater. Peeing. Peeing. <laughs> like a dog. No, like... I had to mark the city. So. No. Figuring out how to refine and make his Snoopy like you, it was vaudeville, but it was like meticulous. And that blanket, the blanket dance that, that BD did, that, I think you still have that blanket, don't you? You have the blanket. He still you has still it. have the blanket. In my living room. Yeah. You all had to do that dance. But BD, like, just... We all, Jerry, we all did. You Mitchell, had to do it, Michael. Jerry Mitchell had this idea that, that everyone would do the it, it was a dream. dance. It was a dream. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so you all had to learn it. We, we really, but we really workshopped it. We, and, and we got to yeah. all go through all the old... Uh, we had a bunch of the old books in the, in the rehearsal room, and we would take the books home, and we'd look through, and we'd find yeah. really great strips. And it didn't have to just be for our characters, be anybody. Yeah, yeah I definitely My looked at the strips and, and because I was doing a new, new part, yeah. and I would try one out in Skokie, and I, I would think, this is going to kill, you know? This is going to kill, and it would tank. And then <laughs> the ones I thought, well, Maybe, and then it would kill. You know what I mean? It just yeah. you and never. And Michael has hit. a three-try rule. You, you had get, to get three it right. chances to get your yeah. laugh, yeah. and if you're not, you don't get it. You're yeah. it's cut. Sometimes yeah. for fun, I would sabotage the third one completely. Yeah. <laughs> but there were also there were so many laughs we didn't know were in there. Yeah. And you do, then you have an audience like who like no who thinks like the great laugh is I want to get a better a closer look. Yeah. Right? Like, right. the comment. Remember that day? And when BD oh, would wow. suck his thumb and said, I think I'm losing my flavor. Yes. yes. Exactly. And, like, every, people would go, like, I mean, it's funny, but can you do it now? That's so funny. You're gonna they want say you to do it. Just if you could say it. They want you to say it. I think I'm losing my flavor. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's somebody else who's not here with us today who played uh, who plays Schroeder, Stanley Wayne uh, Mathis. Tell me a little bit about uh, working with him. 
He's a great uh, baker. So he would bake oh, like no, no, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So he would come in just and bake like huge trays of cookies and muffins and. But things. he wouldn't eat yeah. it. He wanted it out of the house. He yeah. wanted to bake it, and bring it to the theater, yeah. and then he'd be like, "I'm not eating that." Bakers are the best people. They're givers. Yeah. <laughs> They're givers. Cooks eat. He's Bakers give. He's a beautiful performer, and he sings like a dream. Yeah. And he's got a huge heart. Um, and, and he, when we had to do My New Philosophy, we were creating that, and he was just like, I'm here for you. I was right, like, yes, no, yeah. we're, it's together. And he's like, no, no, I'm here for you. And I just remember thinking, what act? What, that's an that's really an awesome, amazing actor. Yeah. But all of them were up here. All of them were. He really had the right spirit for the show. It was, he has a very open heart yeah. and a very um, childlike right. soul. But not at all tender. childish. Very tender. Uh, tender. Yes, very tender. And a lot of you got to torment tender. him. I remember a line that always worked for me, and I was surprised that it did, was, you fascinate me? I would just <laughs> say to him, like, he would do some crazy abusive thing to Lucy because <laughs> she would not leave him alone. He was not interested <laughs> at all. Yeah. He wanted to play Beethoven. Right. That was it. And I would like lie on the piano like I was in the fabulous Baker Boys and literally like do everything I could to get him to notice me. And he would just play the piano as hard as he could to get me to fall off the piano, I guess. Um, he's a, I'm just so sad he's not here tonight. He's working and he's yeah. an extraordinary person and I feel like we're mi I'm missing an arm yeah. tonight. Well, I do um, have a little surprise. He did record a video for everyone. Aww. So why don't we see this message now? Pop up. Hey guys, it's me, Stanley Wayne Mathis, a.k.a. Schroeder from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. I'm sorry I couldn't be there with you uh, tomorrow, but I am in rehearsal um, between two projects that I'm working on, and I just got back from Cincinnati uh, working out of town for a couple of months, and I have hit the ground running. Uh, but I did want to check in and say happy 20th anniversary. I can't believe that 20 years have gone by. Uh, maybe 10, but 20? Wow, that's extraordinary. But um, I must say that uh, the show still resonates even with uh, new generations, and uh, people are still uh, <laughs> using the songs for their recitals and uh, school projects and uh, uh, competitions. It, it amazes me, uh, the life that this show has had. Um, after 20 years. But I uh, just want to say that um, I love you guys, uh, cast and crew, all of you, and uh, we had a great time, and uh, congratulations on 20 years. Woo! 20 years, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Take care. Love you. Bye. How cool is that? He still looks good, too. The other person we're missing is Jerry Mitchell, who couldn't make it today. And obviously, he um, has, is an amazing choreographer. We talked a little bit about My Blanket and Me. What was the experience of coming up with the moves of that number? Oh, my gosh. Well, like, like Ilana said, we did a lot of out of town. And we worked and reworked and reworked a lot of particular parts of the show. And this number, as I recall, even just reteching and teching and reteching was a big part of that yeah, process. We had the, the magic blank, the flying blanket. Yes. That was it, a, it was a, it, well, it was supposed to be magic. Yeah. But no, it was, it was it, and that needed, that was constantly being relit and constantly. Re, redid, redone. And then there, were the, there was a whole kind of group dance that we had a thousand different versions of. Oh, she um, remembers. Yes. Oh. <laughs> High impact cardio. Yes. Everybody had a blanket. Do we have stills? Are there pictures or anything? I don't know. No. Oh no. Okay. On, their, on their phones. You got Google. Yes. Um, at what point did the new songs come in? The, um, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, it was <laughs> something like that. Well, um, when, when um, I asked Andrew Lippa to be the, to sort of create the, like rethink the score, um, I, had a, I had two agendas. One was to give uh, Sally a song. And I had I found two different um, strips. One was when Sally was so angry at her 
her school and then it fell apart. And so she's sitting there with the bricks of the school and she felt totally guilty because she wanted the school to fall apart because she was not getting great grades and it did. Like it spontaneously combusted or something and she freaked out. I thought that could be an interesting song. And the other was what became my new philosophy, which was the series of her coming up with all these different philosophies. And Andrew took that, that was the first new song to go in. Um, and then I think that went in while we were in in New York. That was no, before it was Skokie, wasn't it? Skokie. No, yeah. we no? just, it was, wasn't it Skokie? I don't know. I no, it was very. It was early as folk. I feel like it was like, oh my God, like the, the show. Mm, like, no, 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 no. At the end? No, no. The, 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 my new philosophy was pretty early. I mean, I think we. Tony Knight was it? Tony Knight. Yeah. I think it went Tony in. Knight, yeah. That's she like, sang it yeah. and then she won the Tony. It was yeah. amazing. so weird. That was good timing. <laughs> I think it was er that one was the earliest. Felt like we tested it was it the out. One, so it was in Detroit that we did. Um, yeah. Detroit is when we the did opening the number, new the opening the number. More yeah. bus. The bus. The bus. Yeah. The get bus, on the bus. The Taliban opening number. Get, get, get yes, on the bus. I love that. That's the middle of the night thing. That's yes, when that I feel was like the we had of a meeting night. at eleven o'clock at yeah. night, and Martin Michael said. Tomorrow, something's going to happen, right. and you're not going to like it, but it's a lot of work. Someone's and going home. Going. No. <laughs> well, we always thought that. Yeah. We were always... It's a new musical. Someone, not, no one went home, right. though. Yeah, that, we all got to that's stay. That's right. No, but Andrew was working on this arrangement yeah, in, the middle, the, in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. All, it was very... Very kind of Mickey and Judy kind it, of. Well, the yeah. whole thing was that yeah. way. And then um, uh, Wilmington was Beethoven Day. It's Beethoven Day. And uh, no taxes. You could shop and there were no taxes. <laughs> oh. That's true. Right? Do you remember yeah. that? That's, the That's most all we thing. did. Delaware. That's where I met Melissa and Ellie. Yeah. In the in head Wilmington, of Broadway Con. Yes. Is she here? Yes, yes, you took us shopping for groceries. Thank you. Yes. And then Thank she started Broadway Con. Yes. Wow. Yes, I'm sorry, but no, that's true. They, she, I that's, did. Tr she was in medical school, I think, at the time. Yeah. Pre-med. <laughs> okay. She was going to be a doctor. <laughs> We're glad you did what you did. Well, Kristen, obviously, my new philosophy became a huge moment for you in the show. What was it like when you first heard the song? Because I, I had read every strip that Sally had, I mean, every one. I had stacks and stacks, and I just, I, I related to her. I mean, I don't know what that says about me, but just frustration and you know, coat hanger sculpture and just getting a C and, you know, this teacher and the Charlie Brown who just seemed to, her big brother who seemed everything to go easy for him. And I'm a little sister. Yeah, I, no. I just thought, Charlie always gets his way. I mean, I, I looked at it kind of how Ilana looked at Lucy. I was a little sister myself, and that's your big brother, you know, and, um, you know, Linus, you know, he had his blanket, and I kind of wanted that too, and him. So, and then there's a girl and her dog, so I felt like my, my new philosophy really captured the whole character all in one song, the frustration, the happiness, the that, you know, I like it, I can't stand it, just all of it, you know? And it's a little bipolar, like I think she probably grew up to be a lawyer. Okay? Yeah, oh, I like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a gift, and I'll, one I'll always be grateful for because it really helped me find who she was. And, and, and Roger and I, we were just, you know, a lot of times it was Sally and her dog, and we were left to our own devices, much to Michael's, I think, delight. But, um, you know, book report, and, you know, we just said, what if we did, you know, Mission Impossible, and we did all this music that wasn't necessarily clear, but we did it anyway. And we just, we just had fun, you know, and it was a, it was a experience that only us up here only us know what it was like, and it was extremely special, and it will never be repeated, at least in my life. There's been other great ones, but it will never be repeated in that way yeah. with these people. So, Well, it was, it was 1999, and we forget because now we can look at everything on the Internet at all the times, but at that time, a lot of us who you know, didn't have access to see Broadway all the time didn't have a huge outlet to watch performances, and it really was the Rosie O'Donnell show where we could see these sorts That's of nice. things. She was such a champion of Broadway and of this show and of you, Kristen. And I remember your performance of 
my new philosophy on the Rosie O'Donnell show like it was yesterday. And the, uh, that song has become something that I've seen girls all around the world do constantly. So it's amazing that you kind of started that huge legacy. I'm so honored. It's, I think all of us, when we see anybody do anything that we've done, you know, it really touches your soul. And not long ago, somebody sent me a dance, a girl in a dance video, like a dance mom's, but, but she was like 5'11". And she was doing it. And I thought, yeah, man, I like that. That's pretty cool. It doesn't matter your size. If you capture the spirit of a part, then, you know. Kristen used to say in real life, gah, man. And then that entered the script. There were ways in which you were really able to insert. Were you, like, kind of channeling? Was it your niece? There were different people in your life well, that my were niece, the yeah, my niece, inspiration. I can't believe you remember that. I, I would saw her point. Like, she was five, and she would go, no, but her point would go off to the side. <laughs> and so I thought, definitely Sally, and almost like it was, no, <laughs> but I can't stand it. She did that, too, so I did copy. I went to the park and watched a lot of kids, and... Uh, <laughs> not, in a not in a pedophile way, not in a... <laughs> I was going to let you walk in, though. Anyway. That's the thing that's going to go viral of everything we said today. It's going to be like, hashtag. <laughs> but mainly I had, great, I had great partners, and I think we feel the same about us, each other. We had each other to play with. So it's a, you know, it is the funnest when you get to go in a room and not be afraid to fail, but, but fail, succeed, fail, play, and that it's led by our director. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, Michael would come and just laugh the hardest of everyone months and months into the run and it was like that's an extraordinary thing and i just have to add like kristen warmed me up every night she would sit at the piano with me i mean i really had never done a musical and i did not know how to warm i didn't know anything and she warmed me up every night it's her fault Whatever you're hearing, it's her fault on the, on the cast recording. But like that kind of generosity, I think, was for me insanely um, moving to have a friend kind of take me through it in that way. And when, I think. When I won the Tony and when Roger won the Tony, every one of the. I remember hearing my name and BD had kind of helped walk me through everything that whole season. And every single one of them went. Ah, they scream for me so loud and they scream for Roger and I'll never forget it. It'll never be that way. I mean, it's just, they scream. Y'all scream for joy. We're screamers. <laughs> We're loud. That was such a bittersweet night because they, they had this incredible, joyful, triumphant moment and then the show, we, we had been told before the broadcast that if, if the show didn't win the revival that we were going to close right. the next week. You know, so it was just like this, oh, this oh. all these highs, and we performed on the telecast. I mean, it was this great yeah. thing, and then, then that happened, you know. But then we had this incredible final week of like the the audiences that final week were, were it was like rock rock concert kind of thing, and like if only they'd been here all these months. I mean, it was yeah. like one of those things. Yeah. That's like what happens. When you it closed, know. you took home the blanket. Did anyone else steal anything from my saddle shoes? You have your saddle Sally, shoes. Uh, Lucy shoes, yes. I got my dish. Aww. And a hat that I shouldn't have. Sorry. <laughs> Did you say a hat? It's a really nice hat, and, and it was quietly given to me by my It's still in there. I took my coat hanger sculpture. Aww. The coat hanger sculpture. They wouldn't let us have our dress, our costumes, because they thought it might go on tour. So I remember they were like, yeah. they're, and they're somewhere. If anyone knows where they are. Michael Crass should know where they yeah. are. Yeah. I bet they still fit. They looked roomy and comfy. They were, they they were very were. comfy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anthony, what did you take? Um, I, didn't, I don't think I took. Have, I have other like tchotchkes and things that were like opening night gifts. Like I have a, a lunch box that has the squiggle on it, like the, uh -huh. Charlie, the color of the Charlie Brown. You know, I have lots of other pictures and lots of things from my dressing room, you know? That's because you're so good. Right. Like, that very good. is Anthony. Like, I'm he sorry, is. unless someone offers this to me, I would never... <laughs> right? I mean, it's a Midwestern quality, but it's also, like, so you. You're the most honest, beautiful human being on the planet. Oh, a round of applause for it's that. It's so true. Perfect. 
Kristen, you didn't take your wig? No, I left her behind, you know. <laughs> Did she have a name? There was one girl that went, rrr, 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 you know, <laughs> on this or the... There were nights I'd look at you on stage and your wig was so insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, was like... I, I told him, I said, can there just be one girl that goes, when she goes, and... And it, he did it, that wig designer. And a girl went right, right, and right back, like a zing, like a, what are those things called? A slinky, yeah. The slinky curl. You know, my favorite moment in the show is when you all get together at the end and sing Happiness. It's one of the most beautiful songs. It's incredibly touching, and you sang it a lot. So I wanted to play a little game with y'all and see how well you remembered the lyrics to Happiness. Not easy. This should, be, this should be simple. So I'm going to name something, and you just tell me whether this is happiness or not happiness. Okay. Pretty simple. So we'll start with one. What about uh, knowing a secret? Uh, happiness. Yes. Happiness. happiness. Okay. What about pizza with sausage? Yes. Happiness. Yes. happiness. yes. Warm apple pie. No. 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 Not happiness. Not happiness. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty happy. I love warm apple pie, but no, it didn't no, make no. it <laughs> Charles no, no. Schultz did not. He did not, yeah. <laughs> Or Clark Gessner. What about skipping to school? No. 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 Wow. No. Having a sister. Yes. 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 Sharing a sandwich. Yes. 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 Getting tucked into bed before. No. no. <laughs> that was really not good. All right. Finding... Challenge me. Come on. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Two kinds of ice cream. Yes. yes. Um, finding a penny. No. no. Close. Close. What, what's the real one? Finding a pencil. 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 Finding a pencil. All right. Yeah, well, we'll finding little That's pretty good. Finding the little redheaded girl's chewed up pencil, which is the thing that gave Charlie Brown hope. And I'm going to say that the other thing about happiness is at the very end of the show, every night, Alana Levine extended her hand to me, Alana Levine as Lucy, and, and said, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. And, and I got to experience the beautiful soul of this woman night after night, but especially like the last night, it was like uh, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is, is say goodbye to oh. that relationship. And you wow. know, it was amazing. And we're all crying. It is actually still kind of painful, huh? It's like sad. Is it? It was really sad. It was beautiful. I mean, the way it ended and everything. I have pictures of us on the stage with the roses. People yeah, threw roses. Yeah. Remember? And, and it was really beautiful and really a nice way to go out. But we were very sad. Do you remember what you did that night? Did you guys all go out? We got so wasted. <laughs> <laughs> the Peanuts characters were drunk. Shots of Jagermeister. <laughs> Headshots for Sally. Fireball. I mean, but you know, believe me, like we've all we've all been veterans. A lot of shows, like there really was something that we believed in so strongly, and we were like this little show that could. We were really trying to make it work, like make it work in terms of a commercial, because mm -hmm. it was working so beautifully, and just we were like fighting this uphill battle. So finally, at that end, when it seemed like, oh yes, people are really, really getting and responding, and then it was just too late. It was so. It was rip your heart out kind of yeah. sad moment, but it was also really celebratory. So it's both. Well, you, you know? talked about the theme of hope that is so important to the show. What other themes did you guys take away as people from doing this? Well, I mean, I I was surprised by. I always thought of Charlie, you know, Charlie as being kind of a down in the dumps guy, which he is, yeah. you could say. But I was also what I kept learning from doing the show is how incredibly resilient he is. Yeah. No matter what, he continues to try. And that's like, I don't know that I have that resiliency all the time. Wow. So I feel like that was one of the things that I tried to take with me is, you know, like he's beaten down again and again and still tries every time. So I think that that's an incredible thing to try to hold on to. I told Anthony this morning we did a panel together that in my recollection, the first song we recorded when we did the cast album was the Kite song at like 7 a.m. And that song, I mean, there's one incredible song after another on that cast recording. And if you haven't heard it yet, you guys, it really is worth your while for all of these people. But the Kite song is Charlie Brown, like no matter what. And then, and then for a second, it's up in the air. 
like for one beautiful, you're a good man, Charlie Brown moment, and then it's back down, and he's right there the next day. And it's really a beautiful song that is all-encompassing of like who that young man is, who we all are. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Roger? Anything that you took home from the show? The bowl. Besides the bowl. No, I'm emotionally. Um, yeah, I think, I think Snoopy's such an interesting little fella. Um, just because I think, again, what I said earlier about um, uh, gratitude. Uh, uh, I made this choice early on that the, the rest of the cast and characters were my um, well-meaning staff. <laughs> And um, and I thought it was really funny, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, there's so much. Um, yes, there was a, a leg that I humped maybe one too many times. But, <laughs> right. But but really, what I came away with was a, a sense of of gratitude and love, which is what I would say, you know, uh, about this cast, because uh, and everybody's mentioned it, but um, the amount of love that each of these people has in their heart, it has taught me so much and got me um, who, who's not really that loving. Um, but they warmed my heart every day um, in such a way, and they were so gracious. And I wish I had been a slightly more awake back then. Um, but I think that the show, every uh, two hours was, was over, and um, you couldn't help but feel uh, the incredible amount of love coming from each of the people in the cast that they brought to these characters. So I would just sort of say gratitude and love and fantasy, because um, obviously Charles Schultz and Clark Gessner so well um, put in this character a sense of you know, um, you know tripping out every once in a while <laughs> and, and having a blast with it. And, and usually, as I love too, with all characters um, that are this way, are ending with slight humiliation, which <laughs> most of these, I think Schultz probably did a lot of, felt a lot of that way about life, that he was yeah. humiliated um, a lot, as you can see thematically through the show. And for me, also, um, it was my introduction to newspapers as a kid and time with my dad, so uh, seeing those comic strips. So it was really fun to be, uh, once I got over the fact that I had to talk, um, <laughs> I really loved it, it, that feeling that my dad and I had when I first opened up a newspaper. And My job was to find the comics and the Ninas in the Hirschfelds. I felt the exact same way, wow. Did anyone else have those connections to, to the Peanuts characters? Definitely, yeah. Well, growing up, that's you know that's what you would when you're a kid you read the comics. Yeah. And um, I grew up in D.C. and the Washington Post always had like tons of comics, and Peanuts was the one that from a very early age I could relate to, and it continues on and on. And I think Charles Schultz, Sparky, as he was known. Um, was uh, we know for sh he was actually a very depressed and anxious person, but he managed to somehow fuel the world of peanuts with um, this resilience and this kind of wisdom, like an eerily like mature wisdom that these uh, kids have, um, these four-year-olds, five-year-olds. Um, and that was really inspiring always to me, to watch them embody this incredible company, embody that spirit so beautifully. Can I just compliment BD? Yeah, yeah. sure, yes. please. Yes. So, do you, yeah. do you guys Take know over, the character of Linus well? And do you know what he does in the show? How many so, of you out there were in this show before? Yeah, they're pretty familiar. So, you know, the decision was made that adults would play these characters, right? The way it'd be more chill now, it's teens being played by adults. In You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, we were, you know, younger than we are now, but we were in our 20s or... or I was 12. 12, so. except that... <laughs> so, the challenge is, how do you do these parts where you're, like, not, per, like, mimicking little kids and really, like, straddling these two worlds of these very deep, philosophical themes in kind of children costumes and all this stuff. And so Linus is a deep thinker and a philosopher. And I always thought 
that the thing that BD did with like such depth and integrity is there was zero cynicism to the lioness that he portrayed. He filled these long monologues and passages and worked on it in a way because everything BD does, he has this way of finding how can I be most respectful of this character and the deepest version of this character. And I would watch you every night, whether it was in the book report or even in the, you know, I'm going to be queen when I grow up scene and all these things we did together and everything you've done since. And you are such a hero to me as a human and an actor because everything you do, B.D. Wong, is just integrity first and it blows me away and I love you and we all we love, love you. you. And you could not say that about yourself. But I can say that about you. I got, there's another, one other example of, of BD's incredible ingenuity. We did a um, Easter bonnet competition. And I don't know if you ever got, you guys remember the Charlie Brown Christmas tree and the message when Linus says, you know, spotlight please, and he goes down and he talks about the meaning of Christmas. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful, I remember it so well. And he wrote the... Um, Easter bonnet, and we had a terrible bonnet, and we kind of did the best we could. And Linus said, "Lights, please." And he, you know, and and then he stepped down stage, and he wrote this speech about how important Broadway cares is, equity fights AIDS, and it, it was, I can't, I'm still pissed it didn't win wow. because it was so ingenious. We never and it won was so anything. Beautiful. Do you remember? Yes. It was so beautiful. And then beautiful. you sang to Reba McIntyre the other night at the Kennedy Center, and her show won the Tony our year, and I'm so mad at you about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Traitor. Again, I'm traitor. I just also want to say, too, like, don't y'all kind of think, I mean, don't y'all kind of think that BD was our, as far as our cast go, like, our kind of, like, leader in a way. I mean, Anthony was, Anthony was too, because he was our Charlie, but BD, it, with all due, had had, and Butterfly, and experiences that, I mean, once in a lifetime actors have, and I can remember him just saying to me, Chris, you know, don't, ha don't forget to have fun. And so that's the thing I took is like sometimes I can get myself wound up like like Sally like oh you know no. but um I then go all oh, right don't Chris don't forget to have fun well, we certainly didn't forget that you guys were having fun the entire time we were watching. I mean, it really is. I do recommend you go see it in the library because it really is filled with such joy. Um, I want to catch people up and where what you guys have been up to, what projects that are coming up. So. Michael, I know that you are, have burned this coming up, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, we start. Um, yeah, Adam Driver and Carrie Russell. Oh, I've heard of her. Who? Yeah. Who? What? And we start, uh, we start performances um, March 15th at uh, the Hudson on 44th. And you just had another show there at the Hudson that I absolutely love. Yes, we loved. had another closing, um, Head Over Heels, just to end it. Head Over Heels. Thank you. Did you guys get to see it? Really one of my favorite shows of the season. Thank, Thank you so you, much yeah. for that. You brought yeah. such joy to that whole show. It was wonderful. BD, you are... Currently, everyone is obsessed with your movie. Uh, I don't know if you guys have saw this. Either Bird Box. It's going pretty well. No pun intended here, but did you see that coming? I was really proud to be in it. I liked the project. And no, no, I, nobody saw it coming. Um, we, we liked it, and we, you know, we, you can kind of tell by when when movies come out wh who participates in the press and stuff like that. And you could tell that people liked it, and that the, the actors liked it. But but it was very shocking. Like it's, I don't think I've ever experienced. I don't think I'll ever experience anything quite the same as that. Just the amount of people that have seen it, and and the way that they saw it, and then the way they kind of went off and did all that other stuff with it. You know the. The social the memes, media and everything. Yeah. yeah. Have you been looking at the memes? Oh yeah. 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 They're yeah, pretty it's crazy. It's hilarious. It's wonderful. I think it's great. I mean, I I I've always like you know like like the Charlie Brown kind of um, uh, trip. The the way the popular culture affects the 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 people, the the the, the fans and everything. And when some, when a a project kind of takes catches. The, the, the attention of, or the hearts of people. It's it's great. You know, the movie didn't get tremendous reviews, but the people have spoken. It's yeah, the kind of it. thing that's really amazing to see. Um, uh, and I was, I was very proud of it, and I loved doing it. I thought it was really a blast. Do you yeah. ever, sorry, I just have to ask, do you ever watch Law & Order reruns? 
I do. I do. Do you, I Kristen? Do. I do. I watch them all the time. <laughs> Me too. No. No, no. never? No, I don't think so. I, I, but, you know, my mother watches the, all of them, and so my mother is hilarious about it because she'll... I'll, I'll be sitting with my mom at, at home when I'm visiting her, and, and she'll put it on, and, uh, and um, I'll say, what is this one, Mom? And she'll, she'll say, oh, yeah, you're not in this one. <laughs> or, or she'll say, oh, no, you're in this one. This is the one where, and then she'll just say what it is. Oh, what it is? Know, oh, yeah, she'll be incredible. She's incredible. I also would just like to plug right now, if there's anything I can do to help make a Father of the Bride Part 3 happen, <laughs> I would just... What exactly would that be? Uh, the maybe her daughter's game married. I don't know. I don't write scripts. Yes. Do you want? But it would it, be right? great though. Yeah. Roger, um, you're also over on Netflix right now in series of unfortunate events. <laughs> what was that project like? What was that project like? Oh my God, that was dream come true. I, it was uh, it was three hours in in makeup. Uh, um, uh, or this is a wig. Or. Um, but it was really, really fun. Play, I play Vice Principal Nero, who has mandatory concert recitals. And it was Barry Sonnenfeld, and, and he's fantastic. And, um, and Neil Patrick Harris, who I just love. So, the best. Uh, it was pretty dreamy. And I'm also on this really funny, well, it's not funny, but it's a show called Good Trouble, which is on Freeform. Love Good Trouble. It's really cool. And that's, um, that's a spinoff of The Fosters. And so I play a, a judge on that one, and I'm never funny. And if they called for a Desperate Housewives revival? <laughs> no, no, not that I've heard. Um, I, I almost got in a car accident with Marsha Cross recently. I thought really? that was amazing. Yeah, she never saw me, but I thought, I secretly thought it was amazing. <laughs> I would watch that. In different cars? We were, no, we weren't working. We, I just cut her off in Santa Monica. <laughs> and she didn't and know she, it was you? No, she laid on the horn and didn't know it was me. I thought it was so amazing. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was a very, like a private thing. Like, she was like, you f <laughs> And I was like, I didn't want to say, oh my God, it's George. <laughs> so funny. I love that. Anthony, obviously, I know the Broadway Con uh, group has been seeing you a lot this weekend, um, but you're also busy with Star Trek. Yeah, we have, a, uh, we have our season two premiere on Thursday uh, here in New York City. We're wow. We're premiere event here in New York, which is cool. Um, yeah. Broadway Con or Comic Con? Which is better oh. for you? No, I mean it's no content. It's no, it's really no. I don't. I'm not just saying because I'm in this room, but Broadway Con. I mean, Broadway Con. Yeah, yeah, like, I just wanted to settle it once and for all. No, I know the answer. No, yeah, I mean Comic Con's cool, but it's like a whole other. It's a whole other thing. Yeah. This is this is family community. We don't we don't get to do these kinds of events at Comic Con no, at no. all. Like yeah, it's not quite the same. And you were talking earlier about Rent Live um, yep. and the amazing people who would be a part of it. You'll be watching? Yes, I'll be watching. Are you having course. a party at your house? Are we coming over? <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe. Great, we're all in. We're all in. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm watching with great hope. You know, Julie, Julie Larson, Jonathan's sister, is one of the producers. Michael Greif is directing it. Yeah. So I'm really, you know, looking forward to it. Hi, Alana. I, uh, I want to ask you just about... Um, I, I was reading through your, uh, your past Broadway credits, and I did not realize that you started in Last Night at Ballyhoo with the Broadway debut of this, this actor who's kind of come on to do some other things, Paul Rudd. I remember being very worried about Paul Rudd. What? But what was going to... No, I mean, he's the funniest person ever. Ever. So funny. And an incredible actor. And yes, and I have a podcast now yes. called Little Known Facts with Alana Levine, which is like the bird box of podcasts. It sure is. It's just got crazy how viral. Everyone here has listened to Little Known Facts with Alana Levine, right? Sure but everyone here has been on that podcast, and they were my first guests, and that's why the podcast took off. I'm not kidding. And it's just another testament to their loyalty and love that they sort of set me up on this new thing in the way that they have. And I believe we are recording this very conversation to publish it on my podcast, so every one of you is now on Little Known Facts ah. with Alana Levine, too. So thank you for that. And Paul Rudd. And Paul Rudd. Yes. Kristen, um, you recently celebrated another anniversary. We all got to watch that go down on Wicked 15. It was so good. I was in the room. It was amazing. Um, but I'm also curious. I know you do such amazing work for your camp programs, and I was wondering if you could tell everybody about that because 
It is so wonderful. Thank you for asking. Um, about 10 years ago, um, I grew up in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and we never, <laughs> you're the ones, <laughs> hi. Um, we, we never had a performing arts center, you know, ever. We had like um, Sonic, and <laughs> that was it. So, <laughs> someone, <laughs> anyway. Someone, um, someone died and left us a lot of money. I'm saying this wrong. Um, I'm so glad they died because we would never have the chance. And you're coming to teach. Anyway, y'all are all coming. Anyway, um, seven years ago, they told me they were going to name it the, the Chenoweth, uh, the Christian Chenoweth Theater, the theater. And I said, no, no, I'm not old enough. And they said, yeah, you are. And, <laughs> so what I've done is um, <laughs> I've seen um, how other people, <clears throat> Anthony being one, Alana, Roger, BD, Michael, um, leave their legacy and how I want to do it. And so um, we have major acts come in like uh, Vince Gill and Carol Burnett and we have uh, shows like uh, Charlie Brown and, and Wicked and Rent. So anyway, um, uh, we started five years ago, Broadway Boot Camp. And uh, if anybody wants to audition between 12 and 18, please uh, submit, go to uh, Christian Channel with Performing Arts Center or the um, Broadway um, Christian Channel with Arts and Education Fund and, and submit your videos. We pick 40. Last year we had over a, a thousand kids um, audition. And what you do is I bring in a lot of my way more famous and talented people than me come in and teach and for a week and we um, do singing, acting and dancing and many other type classes like improv and writing and I'm going to start um, in, in, uh, integrating the writing aspect and um, we put on a show and um, I'll be uh, taking those submissions and I'll be making each one of them come at some point and, and teach and uh, it is something I'm extremely, extremely proud of and I hope that y'all check it out. I'm, I'm I'm growing it, and it's getting bigger and better, much like Broadway Con, and I hope you check it out. Well, it definitely is part of your legacy, as is this show. And, you know, for, for somebody who saw it in 1999 and who remembers it very fondly, it has been an absolute joy to be here with all of you today. And thank you so much for the heart that you put into this and the heart that you put into that show and that cast recording, which we all listen to all the time. Last thoughts on the show? Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, you know, thanks for having us. Thank goodness for you. I, I'm sure everybody could say something about it. Go ahead, Michael. I, I mean, just say, we wouldn't be all. We, I don't think we'd all be together if it hadn't been for this. So, what a what a blessing. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. The cast of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Thank you. want more information about my guests, go to the website littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also, on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. 
Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast, and on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. This episode was brought to you by Pro Media. Located in Times Square, Pro Media offers both production and post-production services out of its beautiful studios in the heart of New York City. Pro Media Sound Vision. Find out more at promedia.nyc.